So, that was quite a um, sort of culturally specific uh, passage from Isaiah. You have to put yourself into the mind of an Israelite um, to really easily unpack that. I think to our sort of modern ears, it, it sounds a little bit um, a bit alien. But um, Paul, if we can have the slides up, so. God's unfailing love is the theme that comes through Isaiah and also comes through John. And if you remember last week, um, Carl was talking about God's grace. And I, uh, I still have that uh, vision of John being sort of dressed and undressed in front of the church, which was quite extraordinary. Um, Paul, can we go on to the next one? Um, so... Um, God's grace, you remember what Carl was, was, was saying. He was talking about the fact that God doesn't see us as sinful people. And you may, may remember John standing there in that sort of white robe. And Carl was saying, that's actually how God sees us. And I think the important thing to understand is it's not how God will see us or how God did see us. It's how God actually sees us right now. And that's independent of how we see ourselves. It's actually independent of where we are, who we are, what we're doing. God sees us as people that he has saved. And Carl also reminded us that that's not just a future thing, something that says, well, okay, great, so eternity's sorted, um, you'll have a lovely time when you die. But actually Carl was saying, no, no, that's, that's not the case. Well, that is the case, but it's not just then. It's now. This is a here and now thing that God is calling us into. And that passage in John that Ursula just read, just think about what it actually said for a moment. It said, we will come to them. And if you look back in that passage, you'll see Jesus is talking about anyone who loves me. Anyone who loves me. So it's not saying you've got to come to St. Mary's Church. He's not saying you've got to be British or Jewish or any particular skin color or that you have to sort of say any particular form of words. He's saying, if you love me, if you love Jesus, then we, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God will come and make our home with that person. It's as simple as that. And that's a now thing. That's not a future thing. So that's, that's it, really. That is the Christian gospel. That is the message that Christianity has for the world, that God will come to be with us here and now if we love him. So God, the Holy Spirit, is living in us if we've reached out to God. And that's not a question, that's a fact. But we need to try and sort of unpack that a little bit and think a little bit more about what does that actually mean. So let's have a look at uh, Isaiah. As I say, there's a lot in this passage which is a bit confusing when you first sort of um, first hear it, first read through it. Um, But just think about what it says at the very end. Isaiah 54 verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. And I was trying to think of a sort of 
a modern analogy or thinking of maybe of a way that you can relate to this passage. Um, how many of you have or ever do drive up and down the A23? Anybody here driven up and down the A23 on the way to the M25 and back down again? And you'll know as you come up towards Hancross, there's the series of massive hills and you climb right the way up towards the M25 and then sort of dive down into it. Or you're coming from the M25, you've got a big climb up and then the long, long slope down all the way down to Gatwick. Tell have done that journey quite a lot. If that was removed, God would still love you. How long is it going to take for that hill to wear away? How many storms, how much erosion is it going to take to lay flat that path? God will still love you after all that time has elapsed. That's how permanent God's love is. It's as permanent as the shape of that road. So next time you're driving on the A23, M23, so you're going up those hills, just remind yourself that's how permanent God's love is. That's how immovable, that's how unshakable God's love is. You can't change the direction of that road no matter how many times you drive on it. That's how unshakable God's love is. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a Hebrew uh, expert, I'm not even a Hebrew speaker. Um, I know there are some people in this church who are quite good at Hebrew and Greek and stuff. I'm afraid I'm not. But, but apparently the word that is used in the Hebrew is chesed. Some people spell it with an H, some people spell it with a CH. But it means, it's, it's not got a direct equivalent in, in English. But it means something along the lines of unfailing love, steadfast love, loyal love. I think the key thing to understand about this it's not love that's based on us. And it's not love that's based on pity or kindness or the fact that we're quite cute and God finds us more engaging than cat videos on the internet or... What was the one we saw? Pandas? Pandas being scared by their children sneezing. I mean, you know, hilarious things on YouTube that are very, very cute and you just look at them and go, "Oh." That's not what God does with us. He doesn't look at us and go, oh, humanity, oh, look, what a love. God's love is immovable like the landscape because it's based on his character. God is a loving God. God actually is love. That's the essence of him. And that love is coming out of the essence of him to us. And it's based on a covenant it's based on a binding promise, a contract. And in Jewish culture, contracts were taken very seriously, just as they are today. Uh, I saw a headline this morning saying the government is contemplating trying to change the way housing transactions work. I don't know whether, well, I imagine quite a number of you have been involved in at least one house purchase in your lives, and it's an appalling process but it's based on a contract, and the contract is very important. What this contract says is very important, and it's binding for a long period afterwards. That's what God's love is founded on, a contract, a covenant. It's a binding promise. It's a permanent state of being because it's about God, not about us. So that's what Isaiah is, is talking about. Isaiah is saying... That's the love that is available to each one of us. Let's have a look at um, what the New Testament has to say about 
God's love. Hebrews 13.5, quoting the Old Testament, you'll remember this verse says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So God's love is permanent. God doesn't turn and walk away from us. And the famous verses in Romans, which I love, for I am convinced that, long, long list from Paul, he loves his lists, because Paul was a Judaic lawyer. He wanted to say, There are no circumstances. Think of a circumstance. You might die. It's not going to work. You might live. It's not going to work. You might meet an angel. It's not going to work. You might meet a demon. It's not going to work. You might be in the present. It's not going to work. might be in the future. Still not going to work. You might be in the past. Nope, it's not going to work. There might be a power that I can't even think of right now that will try and separate you from God. It's not going to work. You might go high. It's not going to work. You might go as deep as you can. It's not going to work. No, there's nothing in all of creation that will separate us from the love of God. He could have said it slightly sharper and, uh, and more sort of uh, succinctly, for I'm convinced that nothing will separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the crucial punchline for us as Christians. That's what actually makes it possible to experience this unshakable, immovable love. It's Jesus. And that's, that's the exciting thing about Christianity, and that's the exciting thing about what God is promising to us. Let's have a look at the next slide. And if we skip on to the next one, because there's a... To get the connection with God, to experience this love... We have to be connected. And as Paul says, once we're connected, we can never be disconnected. And I was trying to, um, trying to sort of think of, of other ways of illustrating this. But, you know, you, you know the sort of situation in the films when somebody falls off the high building, but they're one of the heroes. And you know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to reach down and grab them arm is going to grab. Or if you remember Paddington, if Paddington is more your thing. Just at the very end, he's climbing up the chimney, he's nearly got there, he slips. What happens? He starts to fall, somebody catches him. That's what God does with us. We start to fall, God catches us. And his grip can't be broken. Just like in the films. A really small person can pull a really big person up just by holding their arm. And lift them onto the top of the building again. Easy. Don't try it in real life. Don't try that one at home. But God can try that at home every day, every minute of every hour. Because God is supremely powerful. And that's the connection that we can get. But the crucial thing is, we have to choose. We have to choose. So God is saying all of this is there right now. It's a permanent state of being. It's a here and now thing. And it's based on my character, says God. And my character is love. But we have to connect. And what happens when we do? Sorry, Paul, jump back to the last one. Yep. God reboots our lives, if you want to put it in modern parlance. 
God does Control-Alt-Delete on our lives. One of the things that happens at work, my computer frequently doesn't work, and you'll call the help desk guys, and they'll say, have you turned it on and off again? Control-Alt-Delete. That's what God does with our lives. All the stuff that's not working, all the relationships that are just frozen, all the things that are really going wrong, Control-Alt-Delete. God reboots our lives. Jesus described it to Nicodemus as like being born again. And you imagine that process of actually going right back to the beginning of your life, being born again and having a chance to do it all again. But with somebody beside you who loves you unshakably. So it's not just a sort of Groundhog Day experience like that film where you just do it over and over again, you have to gradually learn. It's not a, it's not a um, reincarnation thing where you gradually work up the order of things until eventually you've got so practiced at doing this life stuff that you finally sort of pop into nirvana. It's being reborn here and now, as you are, but also as God sees you. We get a clean slate. We get a new hand, not just a new pen. Our whole handwriting changes. The whole way that we interact with the outside world and our own internal world can change. And as it says in Philippians, God gives us peace of mind. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. Think about the people you know, families, friends, work colleagues, people you meet, different places you go. Are they at peace? Probably not. Are you at peace? Probably not. Because our world is not a peaceful one. But God is promising us unending, unshakable, unbreakable reservoirs of peace based on his love for us. And because of all that, as Isaiah says in 54 verse 4, that we can be free from fear and from shame. How often have you felt shame, felt ashamed in your life? Probably moments of deep embarrassment or deep Shame, deep hurt. God says, well, I can, I can heal those. And actually, because I will be walking alongside you, I can bring you to a place where you never feel like that again because you do not need to be ashamed. God says, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Because God says, I see you as somebody without shame. I see you as somebody pure and perfect and whole and without anything wrong. And I know you don't see yourself that way, says God, but that's the way I see you. God frees us from shame and he frees us from fear. The ultimate fear, death, I think, for many people. But as somebody, uh, I can't remember who, but has described it, that, you know, fear is a little death every time we feel afraid. We're we're dying a little. And there are so many things that we feel afraid of. But 
God can free us from the sort of the, the emotional frozenness that can come from that fear. That doesn't mean that the thing that we are afraid of will no longer be there, but it means that we will react to it differently because we will have that unshakable love holding us. So we will not need to be afraid or ashamed because God is with us. But the key thing, and this is really the the thought that I want to leave you with, that song we were singing earlier, Oh No, You Never Let Go, through all those different circumstances, God is with us. He will never let us go. But we have to make that link. We have to make that link. Once we've done it, he holds on. It doesn't depend on us to hold on. We can let go, but God holds on. But we have to reach out to him. And our friends and our families and our neighbours and our work colleagues and those we meet as we go about our daily lives, they have to reach out to God. And their only opportunity of meeting God, in most cases, is through those of us who've already made that connection. So if you've made that connection, then your mission is to show people that that's what's going on. Now, some people are very good at explaining it. Some people can sort of tell others about what's going on. Most of us are not. But we can all show them. We can all show each other that we're connected to God by the way that we live, by the way that we treat people. But we can only do that if we stay really in tune with God. So God holds us, but that doesn't stop us looking the other way, running around, doing other things. We have to hold God. We have to actually want that connection to be working, to be able to live out his unshakable, unchangeable love. And if you're somebody who is looking at that and thinking, well, that all sounds a bit weird and a bit alien, then that suggests that you probably haven't connected with God yet. Today's a good time to do that. Come and chat to somebody afterwards. Come and pray with somebody after the service. Let's pray now. Father God, we thank you that your love is as unshakable and immovable and permanent as the hills and the valleys that we see around us every day. Thank you, Lord, that your love for us doesn't depend upon us, but it comes from who you are. Thank you, Lord, that once we've connected with you, you will never let us go. Amen.